Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And uh, I want to tell you uh, that uh, I'm really sorry about Franku because, you know, I was his mentor. The one thing I could not teach him was English. That's the only thing. I tried my best at this, but it didn't work. Eh? Um, so I'm really sorry about that. But the rest is good. The rest is solid. So if you don't know me, um, my name is Brent, and I am at our central campus. I lead my evenings or the evening service together with my beautiful, sexy, beautiful wife. She's the hot one here in front, if you wanted to know. All right? Oh, my word. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Stop looking at me. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm really privileged to be here tonight, and it's really great spending time with you. And, and I don't know if you've ever wondered, but have you ever wondered, are Christians weird? Anyone that thinks Christians are, yeah, thank you, there we go. Point proved, right? Christians are weird. I remember coming to church for the first time. It was really, it was weird for me, man. I like, I'd rock up at church, and the people start doing this Christian karaoke thing. Like we just did now. These words on the screen. Everyone's. I'm like, what's, what's happening here? I remember the first time reading my Bible. You know, I was like, I, I didn't figure it out. Because I, I read Matthew, the book of Matthew. And then Jesus dies at the end and he's resurrected. I'm like, close one. And, th- and then I read Mark and it happened again. And then, then literally by Luke, I'm like, Jesus, come on. Can't you see it coming? Three times. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> But sometimes Christians are weird. And I want to tell you this. If you think Christians are weird tonight, welcome. It's good to have you here because we are a little bit weird, right? And here's the thing when it comes to being an evangelist. Sometimes you get weird people that are evangelists. The soapbox preachers. Repent for the time is near. You guys know those guys, right? You know those guys that like, they they would like preach the gospel any moment they, they get. You know, they'll be like drinking coffee and like, oh, this is nice hot coffee. You know what else is hot? Hell. I'll be like, dude, just relax. We're just having coffee, you know? Because sometimes Christians can be weird about evangelism, but today we want to just go past the weirdness. Ask the question, you know, um, when we think about evangelism, when we think about this, what is the best way to step forward? Now, in the past few weeks, we've been speaking about a bunch of different things. We've been speaking about actually adding value to people's lives and knowing their names to add value. But today we want to talk about this one thing is taking the leap. Taking the leap. I want to ask you this question. What if everyone you knew, knew Jesus? Just quickly think for a moment. Think for a moment, everybody that you know, everyone, friends, family, that weird guy at varsity, that girl, if everyone you knew, knew Jesus, your boss, see some of the people like, oh, he really needs. <laughs> My boss as well, it's Lorraine Marais at Central. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I mean, your enemy. Imagine if they knew Jesus. Imagine a world where the people that's part of your world, the people that surround you, actually knew Jesus. My question would then be, why doesn't it look like that? Because you know him. What's, what's, what's the link we're missing? <laughs> why don't people that know you know Jesus? Maybe it's because evangelism has become this very radical thing or this thing that's, that's in our brains that doesn't make, it, doesn't make any more sense. Because you get two type of evangelists, actually. Can I have a little bit of fun in the room? You get the radicals. You know the radicals, right? The Jehovah's Witness vibes. Yeah, we're going to go door to door till everyone knows Jesus. Yes, amen? Let's go to Lesotho and Zimbabwe. 
all the people that are from Zoom are like, Zoom. I'm like, good for you. No, but, <laughs> but let's go there. Let's, let's, let's sell everything we own and start an underground church in Korea. Who's keen? You see, I think only three or four people in the room because that's a bit too much. The leap is big. That leap's a bit massive. Like you look at the gap and you're like, eh. Oh, I don't know if that's my calling. <laughs> the Lord never spoke to me. <laughs> you know, you get these radical Christians and, and the reason why we don't do it is because the leap is too big. And then you get the playing it safe Christians. You know, the playing it safe Christians. The ones that are conservative with evangelism. The bumper sticker Christians. You know, the bumper sticker. Are you following Jesus this close? That one, yeah? How do you know where you're going after this? You know, the, the, bump, the ones that have the, what would, you, what would Jesus do tattoo? Or thingy, bangle. You remember those bangles, right? Anyone have a bangle like that in the room? You guys are real MVPs. Okay, well done. But it's like having this bangle, like I'm, I'm preaching the gospel. <laughs> or like you get a very spiritual tattoo. It's like a dove, you know, being eaten by a dragon. I don't know, something weird. <laughs> A chicken flying, I don't know. And then this next moment, you have the set people are like, what does that mean? You're like, oh yes, my time has come. This means this, this, and this, and this, and therefore you must believe. And the problem with that is that that actually asks not much from us, maybe some extra money and a bit of pain on your arm, but it doesn't ask much from us. You see, we're either living as these radical people, let's sell the house, let's do these things because that's what Jesus wants. Or we start living the life of like, let me put the bumper sticker on, you know, if people come to me, you know, the, the classic one, preach the gospel and if needed, use words. Or just use words as well. That's a bit weird. Right? <laughs> tell me about Jesus. And you're like, just tell them, you know, just use your words. It's a good thing to do as well. But it's because we try and either be radical or we try and be too conservative. But maybe, just maybe, there's, there's a middle road. Maybe there's actually a place where we don't have to be extremely radical, unless if you're called, then go for it. Like, I'm not keeping you back, please go. And maybe, you know, you're just still playing it safe because you're scared that it's gonna cost you something. But maybe there's an in-between, a leap we can take today that's not that big, but that's doable. Anyone keen for that leap? No one, no one? Anyone keen? Okay, three people, cool, I got them. Doing good, Brent. And here's the thing. I think it's difficult to take that leap because of one thing that's actually the solution, but also the problem, and that's the relationship. You know, to, to preach the gospel to someone or, or to actually evangelize and, and get people that don't know Jesus to know Jesus, relationship is probably your best tool. To befriend them is the best thing to actually invite them and connect with them and spend time with them. That is the best tool, but it can also become your worst enemy. Why am I saying this? Man, like I preach a lot, right? And I share the gospel a lot. And, and we go on outreaches and like any Lesotho people, whoop, whoop. Yes, cool. Any Zim people? Yeah, anyway. So, <laughs> no, just joking, just joking. But uh, I mean, we do all these crazy things. And for me, it's really easy sharing the gospel from here, from the stage. It's easy because let's be honest, I don't know everyone personally. You see, the moment that it's impersonal, it's really easy. That's why preaching from the soapbox, screaming, repent for the time is there. All those things, that's easy because it doesn't really actually cost you anything. Except if you're an introvert, it costs you a lot. I see the introverts started shaking now. They're like, oh my word, we're going to have to do that. No, you don't have to. You see, for me, it's really easy 
because it doesn't cost me anything. But here's the thing for me personally, and I'm, I'm being honest with you, for me personally, sharing my faith with people close to me is quite difficult. It's difficult. That friend from school that I've been friends with since grade eight till today, I still haven't shared the gospel with him. He's asked me and I've explained, but with real love and real conviction, I haven't done it. Oh, Brent, you're a pastor. I know, right? <laughs> or maybe it's that family member, that family member you see once a year at Christmas, or maybe it's your mom and dad, that you haven't shared this thing to you because because you're scared of something, and we're going to get to that now. And it's this very simple thing. Sometimes we're scared because we connect relationally with someone. We're scared about two things, rejection and conflict. Who likes rejection? Okay, please put up your hand because now you're rejecting me. Okay, thanks, thanks man. <laughs> Who loves it when you have conflict? Like just so much conflict. You see, you see, the thing is sometimes, let's be honest, when you share the gospel with someone, there will be rejection and there will be conflict, right? And when we start sharing that to the people closest to us, I think that's the reason why we're sometimes scared to share it to the people closest to us because we're scared of maybe they reject me. Maybe there's conflict. I'd rather not risk it. Let me just keep quiet and I'll, and I'll do the bumper sticker thing. That sounds good. Let's do the bumper sticker thing. And I want to say, friends, today we don't want to ask what's the radical thing or what's the nice thing. We want to ask today it's going to be about the personal thing. What is keeping me from taking that step? Because I truly believe this. And believe it with me. And just by the way, it's central. Everyone says amen now and then. So you can do it as well. Okay, just make me feel at home. Okay. Do we believe that God loves people? Okay. Let me ask again. Do we believe that God loves people? Good. Do we believe that people need God? Okay. So why isn't it happening? It's because maybe we, sometimes, and I'm putting this out there, sorry if I'm a bit rough, but sometimes we might be in the way. Because God's always trying to connect with people. He's never stopped since day one. And people's hearts, I feel, have like this magnet that is literally drawn closer to God. They keep seeking things in this world. They seek girls, money, alcohol, everything, and they don't get anything that satisfies their soul. Why? Because there's a magnet that is pulling them towards a desire that can only be fulfilled by God. What are we doing? We need to grab both worlds and just bring them together. That's our goal. That's evangelism. Remember that you don't save anyone. Jesus does that. But allow him to, to use your life, to use the things in your life, to bring people closer. Now, how do we do that? How do we start taking the leap? Yes, we spoke about adding, adding value and knowing their name. That's good. We've got a lot of theory in our minds now. But now the big thing is, if the tacky doesn't hit the toe, you don't win the race. So we've got to make sure that the tacky hits the toe. And the best way to explain this is taking a leap. So in high school, um, we used to have this, well, we still have it, but this big swimming pool, right? And at this swimming pool, we had, here's my Afrikaans word for the day, an afdak, an off roof. <laughs> Avdak, okay. But uh, we, we had like this, this stadium vibe and it had a little roof, right? Overhanging roof. And then they actually put up like barbed wire eventually because... Boys, if you leave them long enough, they will do something stupid. Right, ladies? 
Yes. Okay, good. My wife's even like, yo, I'm so happy I married him. He was like, you know, two months away from doing something really dumb. Um, but that's what we do. When we, we left alone, we do something stupid. So what we used to do is we used to climb the wall, climb the roof, and then walk over. The, and there's a big drop. It's, it's a good six, seven, I don't know how many meters. That's high. It's, it's about that high. Okay? No, I'm joking. But it's a massive drop. And then what you would do is you'd walk over to the top. And then I was always waiting for the moment that someone's going to hit their heads because we did it so many times that the sink roof started getting slippery. And then people are still running to the edge. I'm like, guys, stand on the edge. And You've seen the videos, right? The videos your friends send on that group. People falling. It's my favorite. But I remember those moments. I remember climbing onto this, this whole platform, this whole contraption, getting to the top in the anticipation. You're like, oh, my right, guys, we're going to do this. I was like, oh. And then the first thing you do is you go to the edge, right? But you're like, hey, near. <laughs> Because you got that friend, right? They're like, check this, check this. And then you, then you get to the edge and you look, and then you're like, oh, I could make it. And then the butterflies start. And then eventually, you're standing on the edge, and you, you pick a spot. Where's the deepest spot? <laughs> Let me just find that one. And eventually, you jump. And then there's that mid-air moment after you've jumped. That, <gasps> you guys know that feeling? Roller coasters, right? You remember when COVID used, used to have those, like, we're on level four now, or stage four, whatever it's called, <laughs> that moment, yeah, you know? It's like when my wife held my hand for the first time. <sighs> Jokes, it never happened, I'm a man. <clears throat> <laughs> but there's this mid moment where, where there's nothing you can do except trust that the water below is deep enough and enjoy it and embrace and I believe when we take the leap in evangelism, there are these steps. And so let's dive into them. Step one is know your depth. Know your depth when it comes to this action of taking the leap. You see, maybe the reason, and I'm putting this out there, the reason that you might not be jumping is because you're scared of the depth. Maybe the waters are still a bit murky at this moment. You can't see the bottom. You're like, yes, but what if there's a rock or a pipe or a, I don't know. The problem is, what is the depth that we're talking about? Well, this depth is understanding that the Holy Spirit might be leading you into a place, not so that you can show us how deep you are, but so that he can show the person how deep he is. So there's this guy in the Bible, Peter, right? Now, Peter is a classic example of someone that is unqualified. Anyone who ever feels unqualified, that's going to stop tonight because you're qualified because of Jesus, right? So... You had, you had the, I want to put it this way, you had Peter BHS, and then you had Peter AHS. Let me explain. Peter BHS before Holy Spirit, and then you had Peter AHS after Holy Spirit. Okay? So you had Peter before the Holy Spirit. Peter before the Holy Spirit, he did some good things. Jesus says, come walk on the water, and he's like, cool, cool, cool. Walks on the water, and then he starts doubting, and he's like, look, 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 look. And then he was like, I'm sinking. And then I could imagine, you know, Matthew screaming in the boat, like, what are you sinking about? <laughs> that was my joke for the evening. I'm, I'm so proud everyone laughed. Anyway, <laughs> the rest wasn't planned. That one was planned. <laughs> but why, why did he... Why did he start sinking? Because of doubt. Why? Because he understood the theory. He understood it. And the moment he started walking on it, he's like, okay, but, but these waters are murky. Like, uh, this is going to really be like, uh. and he stops focusing on Jesus and he drops. Because there wasn't maybe depth in his leap. 
Then we read about Peter, the same Peter that denied Jesus three times to a little girl. <laughs> whoop de doo <laughs> Aren't you that, like, Peter guy? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 it's not me, guys. This kid's crazy. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> let's leave her alone, right? No. What, is, what does Peter do when he receives the Holy Spirit? He walks into a place, preaches a sermon, and 3,000 people are saved. Bam. If you ever wanted to drop a mic moment, that's what Peter does. What is the difference between Peter before the Holy Spirit and Peter after the Holy Spirit? Can I give you a little hint? The Holy Spirit. I thought about this all myself. Like, <laughs> so smart. And why is this important? Because here's the thing. If you want to take the leap, you've got to understand that the Holy Spirit is with you. That He is your depth. That God Himself, Jesus inside of you, is your depth. So when you jump, it is not about failure, whether you're going to get rejection or not. It's not about whether they accept Jesus or not. It's whether the fact that you put your faith in Jesus. Because when you put your faith in Him, when you take that leap, and the deep waters are there, man, it doesn't really matter if they accept Jesus or not. Because your faith is not in a circumstance or result. Your faith is in Him, whether He is good enough. You see, John 14 explains this. It says, I've spoken these things to you while, you remain, while I remain with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of all the things I've taught you. What does that mean? That means... All you need to do is take the leap. Why? Because mid-air, in the moment, right there, God will teach you the things and He will remind you things. What does that mean? Well, you start having a conversation with someone. What is He going to do? He's going to teach you things before that that you're going to know. And what does He do? In that moment, you sit there and you ask Holy Spirit, what must I say? <laughs> and He'll remind you of something. Remember that picture that someone shared with you? Well, share it with that guy. You know that scripture three weeks ago you read? That's the one. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. We need to first find the space before we take the leap, understand the depth. And then we climb, climb to the top. And as we, as we are at the top, we ask the question, what do you do then? Before you jump off the ledge, you pick a spot. It's important to pick a spot, right? Don't just rush. Pick a spot. Why? Because we've seen some Christians, you know, like, like friends of mine that have dived in head first. They didn't pick a spot. And what they did is they hurt the person in the wrong place. Before you jump in, pick the spot. Because this is exactly what Jesus does. Jesus spends time with people so that he can pick the right spot. Very simple. That's what he does. He says, I'm gonna spend time with these people so that I can pick the right spot. He, he sees Zacchaeus and he's like, hey, I'm gonna bride your house tonight. He looks at him and he, and he calls him on his hospitality. He sees the woman at the well after a very short conversation he says, oh, girl, you're putting your identity in men and all these desires of the world, but I will give you life that will never make you thirsty again. I will give you a well that will fill you up. He finds the right spot. In healing with the lepers, he heals 10 lepers. Only one comes back and says, yo, Jesus, thanks, can I follow you? He knew which spot to hit. He addressed the need. Nicodemus his uncertainty, he says, come on, dude, unless you were born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he starts going weird, like the womb, what must I do? It's like, no, of spirit. We see this in the story of Murray, the guy that was on the screen just now. Murray, his story. With this girl, Nicole, all she did, she was close, and she kept hitting the right spots. And 
in hearing his story, actually, Nicole was the close friend for one reason, and it's very simple, is that she was the designated driver. She'd never drank. Some of you are like, we need to get one of those. <laughs> Find one of these Christians here. <laughs> maybe your calling for a season is to be the designated driver. Because maybe you're going to drop someone off one night, and they're going to be like, Brent, tell me about this Jesus. Then you've hit the right spot. You've come to the right place. You see, Jesus, whenever he walked, whenever he talked, he was led by the Holy Spirit. Living by the Holy Spirit is important. Galatians 5 says that if we live by the Spirit, we keep in step with the Spirit. When we live by the Spirit, we need to, we need to keep in step. What does that mean? That means that every step I take, I ask, in this relationship with this person that I'm leading to Christ or that, that I'm hoping is getting to Christ, you ask the question, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to come and say? Because the beautiful thing is, when you do that, you don't pick the spot. He picks it for you. He puts the depth in you and he picks it for you. This is the thing. Knowing where to aim is actually trusting the Holy Spirit. Trusting him. Just a little story. One or two stories of people in my life. So um, at, our, at, at church, there's this, this guy that's been rocking up for a few weeks um, and yes, man, he's been judged a lot in his life. He's like covered in tattoos and he's been judged. Like whenever he's walked into a church, people always ask him, what are you doing here? And secondly is, I think you should leave. That's his journey with church. And the first time he rocks up at our church, no one said that. Everyone said, oh, show me your tattoos. Acceptance. And in the past few weeks, we've been journeying with him. I've been journeying with him and about... One or two weeks ago, he said, guys, I'm done with this church. I'm leaving. And I asked, yo, okay, why? And I started thinking to myself, okay, maybe it was just my part to, to plant the seed. And, you know, someone else will water the seed. And, and then I realized, no, God, you don't want to just plant the seed. You want to make this thing grow. There's something that needs to grow here. So I organized a chat with him and I asked him, man, why are, you, why are you leaving? He said, no, someone came to him, classic, not picking the right spot, and said, listen, those tattoos are demonic. So you've got to remove them, right? And I was like, yo, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's definitely not a heart as us as a church. And so in this moment, I, I decided, you know what I'm going to start doing? I'm not going to invite him to church anymore. I'm going to invite him to any non-churchy event I can find. So we had this thing where we go to Bloom Beach. You guys know Bloom Beach, right? Mosasport. <laughs> I saw some of you that have come from another town. You're like, there's a beach? No one told me? <laughs> Marcy's, all right. So we took them to Marcy's, to Marcy'sport um, Resort. It's called Marcy'sport Resort and Conference Center. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, and Conference Center. Spa. No, I'm joking. No, it's fine. But there's this beautiful thing that happened is that at this event, he started opening up again. He started connecting. And this Sunday before I left Central, he was there. Again, in community. It's not giving up on people. It's about being close. There's a friend of mine from school that I connected with lately. And man, there's two things that he absolutely loves. He loves like cooking food. He really loves it. And he loves board games. Any young adults in the room, they're like, hallelujah. Like food and board games. That's all I want in life. That's all I want a wife. But that's all I want in life. And in this, man, just, just starting to open up conversations saying, hey, do you want to come to our house and eat and have a board game? No churchy thing. There's a guy, um, so a few years a few years back, a few weeks back for Alpha Course, we had Alpha Course. And at Alpha Course, there was this guy that rocked up the first night. And he enjoyed the session, 
like he's been in church, but not fully in church and all those things. And he's been struggling with peace in his life. And so I remember at that Alpha course, that Wednesday evening, he says to me, Brent, can we drink coffee tomorrow? Can we like have a chat? I said, yes, 100%. See you at one or I can't remember the time. And so we rock up at church. We have a conversation. And that's why I'm saying it's trust, trust the Holy Spirit. Because in this conversation, he keeps telling me a bunch of things about like how he's tried to follow God and all these different things and, and that he doesn't have peace in his life. And, 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 and as a pastor, yet, I must, know, I must know the Bible, man. I'm like, yo, this scripture, that scripture, this I must say, that I must say, and then you'll believe. Huh? Who of you guys have ever sat with someone? They haven't finished their story yet, but you already gave them five solutions. Anyone? And in this moment, I just experience, I need to ask the Holy Spirit what to ask him. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, what, what do you want to ask him? And I asked him one question. I said, my friend, <laughs> I want to ask you this one question. Do you know that God loves you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. And, like, you know, and he explains. And I'm like, oh, stop. Do, do you know that God loves you for like you? Like for you. <laughs> That's not the concept. This is an understanding for yourself. And I remember in that moment, man, it was so beautiful. Sat in the chair, in the couch. He put his head back. Sure, and he just started crying. And in a moment, he said, Brent, my entire life, I've been praying for peace. And today I found it. I found it in Jesus. Friends, my theology couldn't help him. The only thing that could help him is Jesus. When you trust the Holy Spirit to take the leap, man, there's so much freedom in that. Because all the depth, everything lies with him. It's just stepping in the space and saying, God, here I am. What do you want to ask him? What do you want to say? Last thing, and then I'm going to give you very practical steps, is take the leap. My favorite part. Who of you guys have ever jumped off like a cliff into a pool? Really fun? It's the scariest part, but it's the best. Because you jump in, you're like, you stand there like, and then you jump, and then mid you're like, ah! <laughs> right? And then you go in the water, you come out and you look up at your friends, they're like, well, and you're like, Ooh, something touched me, ah, and then you, <laughs> right? It's because this space is the space we need to take the leap. You see, this is what faith for the lost looks like. Something we put on our walls, that we have faith for the lost. It's been our theme for this year. This is what it looks like when we actually start taking the leap. When we don't live within theory anymore, but we live within actually taking the leap. Now, don't be the radical leap and move to somewhere. <laughs> and don't just put a bumper sticker, but ask the question, what's the leap I need to make? James 2 explains it. He says, if a brother and sister is without clothes and he lacks daily food, and the, the one says to them, go in peace, stay warm and be well fed. But you do not give them food or anything that the body needs. What good is it? He says, in the same way, my friend, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. It's dead. We can have this theory that we've learned over the past few weeks, adding value and knowing their name and being intentional. So take the leap. Take the leap, very practically. What does it look like to take the leap? Before you take any leap, you need to understand some things. Firstly, you've heard this before, is that you know to know who the person is you're connecting with, knowing their name. 
Knowing the person that you're connecting with. Is it that family member? Is it the close friend? Is it the person that you maybe put on a list or, or that you said to yourself in the past few weeks, but it's the far away person? person that's easy to reach. Oh, let, me, let me get that, you know, that guy in our hostel, yeah, in our res. Let me get him because he's a bit far away. But what about your mother or your dad or your uncle, or your sister or your brother, someone close? Maybe it's time to shift that question. And secondly is how do I start adding value to them? Well, you start loving them. You start caring. You start putting that down. See, I want to end off and then be, be very practical. There's a story of a guy in, um, he was a pastor in New York. And um, radical guy, used to like, you know, smuggle Bibles into fancy places or dodgy places. And in the story, he says he's walking in New York, in the big city, walking down the street. And as he's walking down the street, God says to him, the Holy Spirit says to him, there's like this massive, you know, those big pipes in them that they do like the, you know, from the top, they throw all the stuff down and the chimneys down. All in the movies, all the guys jump through them and then they escape the bad guy. It's one of those, like a, like a junk chute or whatever. And he walked past the one and, and, and he can experience how God is just saying to him, I need you to yell into this pipe that Jesus loves you. <laughs> guys, God has done some weird things. But in this moment, he's like, no ways. Like, you know, this is, I'm like, first of all, there's a lot of people on the street. It is New York, so men, so small. Like, they're crazy there, right? It's like Cape Town, you know, just to get a, a reference. <laughs> okay. and, uh, and he walks and he's standing at the pipe and he's like, oh, I guess I need to do this. <laughs> this is awkward. And so he stands there and he shouts into the pipe, Jesus loves you. And then the next moment he hears, thanks. <laughs> and, he's like, he's like, and the guy shouts, I'll be down just now. Okay. <laughs> and here comes a guy out of the building and he says, my friend, I was just standing on the ledge at the top about to take my life. And I asked God this question, God, if you love me, show me. <sighs> Come on. Have you ever talked about the picture of trusting the Holy Spirit when you take the leap? That's all we need to do is you step into it and you trust him. That's it. He'll do the rest. I mean, he's been evangelizing since time began. <laughs> he knows how to do it. Friends, the question is, do you trust him? I'm going to ask the band to join me. So we're going to respond a bit. But before you take any leap, you need to ask, what is the first step? Every leap starts with a step, right? It starts with a step. Don't ask the question, what's the water now? Don't ask the question, you know, how, what I'm going to say when I get there. No, no, no. Let's quickly pull it back. We understand that. Question is, what's the next step? Two very simple things I want you to do tomorrow. Guys, keen? Everyone in? Okay, everyone in? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Is the first thing is this. When you see someone tomorrow, tell them that you went to church this Sunday. That's it. It's a very simple conversation. You go to someone and you ask them the question. You know the question. So how was your weekend? What did you do? Nah, I went to my kufe. It was a vibe. And I bride with my friend. It was so amazing. And then, yo, no, it's Saturday. I watched F1. Max Verstappen. Come on. Yes. Leclerc who, brah? Anyway. And then he says, and they'll ask you the question. What did you do? You're like, I'm already asked for it. <gasps> he asked for it. I'm going to tell him. Now, Friday I got home. I was really tired. But then Saturday, you know, I mowed the lawn. It was really good. 
And then Sunday, oh my word, I woke up. I went to church. Man, it was really fun. And that's it. I want to tell you, just stop there. Just stop there. Don't start preaching. Yo, and then the guy at church told us to tell you that we went to church so that you could come to church and meet Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Don't do that. Don't. Just stop there. Just be like, I went to church. Don't preach. Just tell them that. Because they're going to be like, oh, you, wanna, you go to church. Yes, but you're actually a nice guy. Church people are weird. I mean, they do that Christian karaoke thing and like, you know, read the Bible <laughs> wrong. Joking, no. But in this moment, it allows you just to open up a conversation. So first of all, tell people you went to church. Simple. Second thing is, tell someone about how your faith helped you. About how your faith helped you. Now, I know you ladies, right? I know, I know my wife, like she doesn't know this, but you know, ladies, you, you you got this thing of when you start chatting with a girl, you like, you know, you start saying, "It's my husband." Is your husband also like that? You know, I can, I can see it. You know, he's like, "Does your husband also like throw the sock right next to the laundry basket?" Is it, is it like a spritz? Like, does he do that? Does he doesn't he know that the cupboard's door can close, or that the the plate can go in the sink? <gasps> Obviously, my wife doesn't have those conversations. Because, come on. But maybe they should come to that challenge to you and be like, you know, I'm struggling with this thing. And then all you do is in that moment, you just say to them, yes, man, we, I had exactly that same thing. But then, you know, God taught me this thing of actually having patience. And so I started having patience with my, my husband. Story done. Because eventually they're going to go, yeah, but explain this patience thing quickly. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. You see, we need to make the gospel attractive for people because sometimes it hasn't become attractive you know preaching from a pulpit or screaming from a soapbox or whatever it may be that is not attractive attractive is understanding is inviting people into your lives and allowing the holy spirit to take the leaps i want you guys to stand with me thank you for listening to this week's message make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our sunday services